thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. All right, if you have your Bibles, let's go Numbers chapter six today. Uh, we're gonna talk on blessing today. That's why we sang about the blessing. We're gonna end with the blessing because long before Carrie Job sang about the blessing, uh, this priestly blessing existed in Numbers. And so we're gonna talk about it in the Bible today. Are you out there? Are you alive today? Come on, I need to hear. Okay, good, all right, here we go. Numbers chapter six, let's read this, and then I'll pray. It says this, famous blessing. Famous, here it is. The Lord bless you and keep you. Many of you know this, you've heard this, you've sung it. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Father, we love you today. And Father, we thank you on this Difference Makers Sunday. God, as we get close towards Christmas, we desire to be a blessing. We desire, Lord Jesus, that the light of Jesus would flow through this church and that we would be a light, Lord God, to Kansas City to the next generation, God, to the nations of the earth. And Father, we pray, Lord, that you would do something supernatural in us, that it's not just a theory by church people, but it's the supernatural work of God in our midst. God, we honor you. And I pray your blessing on every person in this house today. Every person at home, every person that's listening to this online somewhere, we pray, Lord Jesus, that you would bless them. I pray that you would keep them. Wow, that's a whole sermon right there. Keep them. Let them stay the course for decades. I mean, would you cause your face to shine on them like a radiant light, the light of God on their face. Be gracious to them. Turn your face, God. Give peace. In Jesus' name. All the radiant said amen. amen. So when I was in my uh, early 20s uh, and just came on staff, uh, I was a youth pastor, there was this lady in our church. Uh, she was on staff, and she was a bit mid seventies, I would guess. Um, her name was Doris, and so Doris, uh, she had a phrase every time that you asked her how she was doing. So, you know, typical people you say how you doing, they're like fine, good. Typical, you know, you say how you doing, they're like hey, you know, some people might might, might say hey, I'm blessed. Um, but Doris responded the same way every time you asked her how she was doing. She would look at you, 75-ish, and she would say, just trying to keep up with God's blessings. And when I was like 24, I was like, not totally sure what that means, but rock on, Larry boy. I mean, let's go, let's go. Um, but here's uh, what Doris meant by just keeping, trying to keep up with God's blessings. I think sometimes in our culture, in a hashtag blessed culture, we think of blessed or blessing meaning mostly financial prosperity or good circumstance. But when you talk to Doris and Doris says, just trying to keep up with God's blessing, here's what she was doing with her life. So here's my interpretation of that response from that lady I look at Doris, and I think what Doris meant, 
I mean, I ended up working, you know, in office down the hall for about five or six years. So I think I got to know pretty well because I watched her life. So her life was spent praying for people. Her life was spent um, leading some groups where she helped people. She was actually helped uh, other people write books. So she, she was somehow um, mentoring people that wrote some books. Um, she was often getting on an airplane and, and helping with missions. She loved missions. And, and, and so, so for her to say, just trying to keep up with God's blessing, I, I don't think that she was saying, I'm just trying to, just trying to make my payment on my, my big house. I don't think she was saying, I'm just trying to eat a, a little bit better food for lunch today. I have memories of her eating a sandwich that she brought from home. So I'm pretty sure that wasn't it. And, and I remember her, I actually have memory of her going to her car and, and she didn't have, I, I, I mean, I, I don't remember. It was maroon. I can't tell you what it was exactly, but I wasn't that impressed. Um, and the truth is, the other part about Doris is that she, uh, she had a, a, a walker and, um, in the early years, and then in the latter years, um, she was in a wheelchair. And so, and so I don't look at, I'm just trying to keep up with God's blessings, and I, I don't interpret that as house, car, health. The way that I interpret it now, 20 years later, is her idea of blessing was far beyond external circumstance getting better. It looked like eternal blessing. It looked like trying to keep up with, and here's the idea I'd like you to see today, favor of God. The favor of God. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the things that God's called me to do. I'm walking with God, and by virtue of walking with God, there's blessing on my life, and so... So we can read about people in the Old Testament, Genesis 12. We know the story where God says, hey, I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. But when you get down to the root of that, what God's doing is he's saying, hey, I'm going to make you into a nation. I'm going to make you into a great people, Abraham. And what I want to do is I want the nations of the earth to see that you're walking with God and I'm going to bless you, but actually it's to be a blessing. And so there is some external circumstance that's going to get better in your world because in that day, Old Testament, the idea is I'm going to bless you, but it's not ultimately for you. It's ultimately for others. And so sometimes what we like to do is we like to take just that one verse and kind of freeze frame it and not look at the whole context of all of scripture and say, hey, here's what God wants to do. He wants me hashtag blessed. He wants me to have the nice car, the nice house, the nice food. I mean, he wants my life, my external circumstance to be good. And, and that's... It's actually kind of very similar to the American dream. So God and America, they kind of run together. And so I'm going to kind of try to fit my theology and my desires, kind of create one big snowball of just living for now. And that's kind of how I'm going to see blessed. But I want to invite you to look at blessing a little bit different. I want you to look at blessing and look at the whole narrative, look at the scriptures and look at blessing as people that walked with God and found favor, favor with God or hurling the cause of God, walking with God. And the things that God is about, he's found a people that they're about what he's about. And so he can't help but just overflow with blessing. So I was thinking about, as we get close to Christmas, Mary. And when we read Mary, a, a, a great phrase where she talks about in, in Luke, she says, all generations will call me blessed. So amazing. Here she is. And she's going to be the mother of this Christ child. And 
We sang about it a moment ago. And she uses the idea, all generations, future generations are going to call me blessed. But if you were to take Mary saying, they're going to call me blessed. She's not saying, hey, I'm going to get a better car. Nope. Going to ride that donkey to Bethlehem. It ain't going to be nice. It's going to be hard. Hey, I think I'm going to get a nice trip. A little way down to Kokomo. Nope. You're going to Egypt, get away. Why? Because people are going to potentially try to persecute you. So you'll be a foreigner in a foreign land as a result of following God's call. So maybe your circumstance gets a little bit harder. (laughs) Maybe Mary at the foot of the cross, seeing Jesus unquestionable pain, oh, and yet joy, but earthly circumstance. So God didn't didn't necessarily get better. Now, no doubt about it. You could could kind of talk about in some ways. I mean, there's different ideas about what did the what did the, the kings bring and the magi bring and how were they financed? Oh, lots of questions like that. But when you look at fundamentally when she's speaking in context here in Luke, she's not saying, hey, I'm obedient to the call of God in my life. And now, ah, everything gets better all around me, right? Ultimately, sorry, for, you got to understand, sometimes Little Mermaid pops out. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. That's not in my notes. That just happened. Uh, what, what, what she's saying is, is, is I've got favor. I'm, I'm doing the Lord's will. So, so this is the assignment from God for me. And it doesn't matter if I end up spending a couple years in Egypt. It doesn't matter if I make the long trek to Bethlehem. It doesn't matter. I am in this for God. And so circumstance isn't the reason why I'm in it. I'm in it because I'm, I've, I've, I've been commissioned. I've been, I've been called to something. And so generations in the future will call me blessed. And so I think it's significant because I think you and I, we tend to, we tend to even live in a world where we can kind of twist blessing to what I want instead of walking with the favor of God. And my dream for us is that we would get a higher view of, I want God's, I, I do want hashtag blessed but hashtag blessed means hashtag favor of God upon my life. Not hashtag look at my house now, baby. Right? Are you okay with that? You scared? Nervous? Everybody's like, where are we at? Okay. This church too rough for me. No, you with me? So, so I think it's significant. Now, no doubt about it. We could see God and God, God wants to use you. And it's amazing how often it takes resource to do this church. It takes resource to help those who are hurting. It takes, it takes all that. To act. So there is this reality that God wants to bless us. But ultimately, when you get down all the way through the why, it's for the sake of others. So you're the conduit of blessing. You're, you're, you're the funnel of blessing. And you actually get to where, no, what I find joy in is being the conduit. It's being the one that gives, not just the one that receives. No, God, bless me some more because I want to be a blessing. 
I was thinking about Nathan's uh, great message uh, a couple weeks ago about the rich young ruler. And you could think about here he is, rich young ruler, and he, he gets an invitation essentially to be a disciple. And then he walked away sad because he had great wealth. And so he said no. And I think, I think that's our story. I think sometimes we think, we confuse what blessing looks like. The rich young ruler ultimately was blessed. I mean, had this wealth. And then here's the invitation for what is ultimately eternal, what is ultimately more. And instead of saying, yeah, absolutely. These things have no hold on me. I'll go. He said no to this so I can go pursue and just marinate right here with possessions instead of ultimate favor. So where we want to be is, all right, God, here's what I live for. I want to be as close to you as possible. I want the blessing of God on my life. And if you believe in your bones that the Christian life is the favored life, it'll change the way you live. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3, he says this. So then, no more boasting about human leaders. All things are yours. That's the phrase I just want to highlight. All things are yours. Imagine Paul speaking to the church at Corinth and he says, all things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world of life or death or the present or the future, all are yours. And you are of Christ and Christ is of God. It's just this great phrase. Do you know what you have by virtue of being in Christ? That's that's what Paul's saying. He's going, you don't even know all that you've got, but we tend to go, no. Elon Musk, he's got it. He's got it all. He's got 297 billion. That's, That's better than all things. No, it's not. It's less than all things. Oh yeah, well, Bill Gates, he's got 136 billion. I'll take that. It's no. No. Well, Patrick Mahomes, he's got a great deal with the Chiefs, you know, and everybody looks for him like, okay, the moment those men say yes to Jesus, what they have in Christ makes those millions like nothing compared to what they gain in Jesus. You with me? So you're the Christ follower? All things. That's why I love that phrase in Luke 15 so much. And I go back to it over and over again because it's a perfect picture for me where the father looks at the son and says, the older, older brother, the older brother that's hanging out in the house and he's ticked off about, about the party that the father's throwing for the son. And the father looks at him and says, ah, all that I have is yours. All that I have is yours. It's my favorite phrase. Because you know what? That's me. I'm the older brother. That's me. I know... I, I, like when I think about the story, that's where I end up. I haven't had the seasons in my life where I'm like the, the prodigal, like going and just saying, turning about face and rejecting God. It's not been my story. Here's been my story. My story is over and over again. I'm living in the house and I'm mad at God because I don't have what I want. And I have to come before God again. And he goes, don't you know the blessing that you have? All that I have is yours. How many Christians were living in the house? We're living, we're living blessed. We've got everything available to us. We've got more than we can fathom. And yet our eyes are on the temporal pleasures of the planet. And we're going, I still want what he got. I'm still going to pursue that. Here's the dream. 
you recognize, man, here, I, I, want, I want the actual blessing, what blessing looks like from God. And if you, if you get this, you fall, to, to really know God as the blesser is to love God. Like people that reject God, they don't, it's like they don't really know who he is because to know him is to love him. And God at his core, he's actually a blesser. Some people have a false view of God. God's ticked off, mad, distant, annoyed. But I just would invite you, even when we look from the beginning, God's a blesser. God is a blesser. So we think, oh, no, it, it, Genesis 3, that's, that's kind of my first view of God. Adam and Eve fall. They sin. That's me. Hold on a second. I want you to go Genesis 1. Just look at this. Before we get Genesis 3, for the narrative, right there of the fall. Look at this. Genesis 1, 27. God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Here we go. This is just Genesis 1. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them. Whoop, stop. What? No, God's mad. Hold on. Thank you for that laugh, mom. Man, I love it. You've been living for that laugh. That's blessing me so much, was it? God blessed them. I'm just saying, right there from the beginning, Genesis chapter one, God the blesser. So the enemy wants to come along and tell you God doesn't want to bless you. It's different for you. What happens when your view of God is this God that, that blesses? So before there's even, and, and man, the whole thing unravels as man sins. And, and then you've got the, the beautiful story of God redeeming his people. And even if you look at that root cause, it's the God that is delighting in, showing favor, not done with humanity. He's still coming after you. So I like the way Mark Batterson said this. He said, God's default setting is blessing. It's his default setting. So like my kids, uh, when they would get in my car and I'd plug in my phone, uh, for about five years, the same album would start every time. I don't know how it all works. Do you have that with your iPhone? Like you plug it in and it's the same song same album. And for me, it was a, like a Maranatha CD uh, that I had a long time ago. And so it would literally, like every time you plug it in, it was the same song. So it's freezing cold. You're starting your day. Kids get in the car and it starts off and it was always refiner's fire. You know, like didn't matter <laughs> how many new songs had come out. It always went back to that song. Somehow the way that it was set and just plug it, same song. So that's the way we start our day all the time. And, you know, sometimes we're like, let's do a new song. But, man, you were going to get that first phrase. Three fighters fire. You know, like from, I don't know, 1980-something. You know, like, that's a default setting. So it's, 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 it's what it goes back to. And we tend to think God's ultimate default setting is mad at me. I just want to invite you to believe Genesis 1. Here's who God is. He's a blesser. And, and, and it changes everything when you see God like that, when you see God as a blesser, that he wants to bless you. And, and, and if you define blessing as God wants to make me rich and famous because that's what the American commercials want me to be, you'll get all off. But if you see it as God, he's my creator. He whoo, breathed life into humanity. He sent his son Jesus on this rescue plan to redeem me. All of this ends in eternity with him. He is 
for me. Boy, you could sing that song and not be like, well, he's for Carrie Joe, but he ain't for me. Well, he's for somebody. No, no, he's for you. He is for you. He is for you. He is for you. I mean, we need to sing it 50 times on that repeat just to get it. Because I'm telling you, the lie of the enemy is all week long. No, he isn't. The enemy wants to get you to think he is just so ticked. I, uh, when my kids were little and we had this park behind our house, uh, I had this idea in my head that I would be like football dad and that we would go outside and play football together. And I just, in my head, I had this picture of fun to play football with my little kids. So I started playing football with my little kids, um, but they weren't very good. And, uh, <laughs> and so... Um, a game evolved that was not football, but it was still with a football in a park, and it was called Hide the Egg, um, <laughs> because that was the maturity of my children. And so in my brain, we were going to be like, mm, I'm going to get him ready, so I'm going to go varsity one day. That dissipated as Hide the Egg became the game that we could all play, and Hide the Egg is where you take the egg, the football, and go and hide it, and then say, all right, go find it. And as they're running in a pack, I'm saying, hotter, colder, hotter. You're getting hotter. You're getting colder. You're getting colder. That's hide the egg. Deep stuff right there. <laughs> Here's what I'm telling you. I'm telling you this. I'm screaming at you every time that you get locked in with God, the blesser, God, the one that delights in, God, the one that has favor, you're getting hotter and hotter and hotter. And every time you're like, oh, and it's about your achievement, what you can do, you're getting colder. God must be annoyed, ticked, probably done with me. I'm telling you, the human heart is motivated by the reality of a God that blesses. So I just, I, I was thinking about, um, you know, I, I love that we put in that video that we're a great commission church, because to me, that's what we're called to do. Like as a church, we're a great commission church. I've been saying that. I've been, I'm like, oh, we're a great commission church. And, and for most of my life, when I thought of the great commission, I always thought of kind of like a command because it is a command. And I've heard it like, whew, I mean, it's on the wall. It's, it's, it's it, like we learn it. Let's go, let's go, let's go, command. And so I've always thought of like commander Jesus, like Matthew 28. And it's real and it's there. And you, I, I would guess if you do life at Radiant for the next 25 years, you're going to hear that on repeat. But Luke gives us this other, this other last moments with Jesus. So Matthew gives us that command. Go in the world, make disciples of all nations, baptize the Father, Son, teach us over everything. Okay, surely everything at the top. Go, 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 go. Command, go. But look at the way that Luke closes. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Oh. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. So this is the ascension according to Luke. Then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple praising God. So commander Jesus for sure, right there. Matthew 28, Great Commission, let's go. Luke gives us this little Luke 24. As he's going, he's blessing. So I don't know what the ascension looks like. I don't know, if, I don't know exactly, but right here, he's got hands raised. So up, that's why I'm doing it. Lift up his hands, bless them. And while he's blessing them, speak in life. 
I was just thinking about if you're some of the disciples and you're going into ministry and you've got the command to go, but it's dovetailed with, in addition to that command, you've got the blessing of Jesus. Like if you've got the blessing of Jesus, you might be Peter in prison, but you remember the blessing. He's blessed me. So Acts 4, you might be going through, this is, hey, John, this is, this is, this is, this is challenging here. But I've, my last memory, I've commanded to go and I'm blessed. He's blessing me. John on Patmos, blessing. James, Acts chapter 12, verse two, beheaded. Okay, but my, my memory is that I'm, I'm called to go and I'm, and I'm blessed. And I just think you get that blessing idea in your head and it brings great strength so that you, you essentially do ministry from blessing, not just like for blessing. I am blessed. You get that father's blessing. You get that Jesus blessing. You get that. I'm going to go do what he's called me to do, do what he's commanded me to do because I'm blessed. And I love the, the heart of the father. Really before we see Jesus step into ministry in Matthew three, the, the, the baptism moment, this is my son whom I love with whom I'm well pleased. And it's, it's before we've seen the miracles. It's before he's raised Lazarus. It's before the Sermon on the Mount. It's before he's preached well, delivered. It's, and you hear the Father just delighting, speaking blessing. I was thinking about, I wonder in the heart of Jesus, when he hears the other voices, like there's a moment in Matthew 4 where the enemy comes to lie to him. And we read that whole story where Jesus is in the wilderness and the enemy is lying to him. I think about all of the people that came and attacked him or the crowds that screamed, crucify him. And I just wonder if the loudest voice in his head is, this is my son whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased. What's the loudest voice in your head? Sometimes in my prayer journal, I'll just write out what I sense the Lord saying about me. Redeemed, son, friend, called. Because you know, I'm tempted to have other voices in my head. I remember one pastor said to me, well, this is when I was a youth pastor. He said, well, of course, your ministry is going well. Look at the church that you're at. Any knucklehead could do that. And I thought, yeah, any knucklehead could do this. <laughs> I mean, I won't tell all the different curses that people have said, but it's tempting to believe the curses instead of the blessing. But when you've got your father's voice, your heavenly father, as the loudest voice in your head, then you, you live out of, you do your ministry out of blessing. You're serving, you're praying, you're giving, you're caring, you're discipling your children, whatever, making disciples. You're not doing it. Oh, I'm doing this to try to show God. You're doing it. <laughs> there will be a day that I'll get that well done, good and faithful, but I'm living from blessing, baby. I'm living from it. He's already given it to me. Uh, this is cheesy, but um, this week there was a viral video of uh, Gardner Minshew, who's the backup quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. 
And so Jalen Hurts was hurt. I lost half of you just now. They're like, where is this going? Sorry. But so this guy, Gardner Minshew, he's like former quarterback, Washington State. He steps in and he does great. They beat the Jets. And this video goes viral last Sunday night of him in the parking lot with his dad. And I mean, Gardner Minshew, I mean, he's a grown man, like with facial hair and stuff. Like he's a, he's a grown man. And he is, he's hugging his dad. He's just, ooh, and they're like, hmm. And he's so excited about beating the Jets. And literally his dad goes like this. Gives a, gives, they do high five. Then they do hug. Then they do, hmm. And then it's not the dad. I mean, Gar, Gardner, the grown man, just keeps hitting his dad and hugging his dad. And, and his dad just kind of like taking it, you know. It's Gardner's feeling the pleasure of, I just succeeded and my dad's proud of me. And I'm just telling you, y'all need a little Gardner Minshew dad in your life. Your father's like, that's my boy. Good job. Well done. Yeah, you just beat the Jets, baby. That's right. I know that's got cheese on it, a little, little cheesy, but I'm telling you, most of us think of God as distant, annoyed, and just bugged that we keep making those dumb decisions. But you get that, man, God, God there's, a, there's a blessing. It'll change the way you live. You'll live, you'll live from blessing and you'll minister different. You won't minister to just prove to God. You'll minister from like, oh, I've been so blessed. He delights in me. I'm, isn't that a song? He, he, he is for me. He, I mean, are we saying that one? It, like I am redeemed. I am. And you're just like, I mean, I'm part of the church. I'm saved. He delights in me. He believes in me. He loves me. This is my son whom I love. And he's going, I got you. Come on. Mm. I'm just telling you, you'll, you'll do ministry different. So don't try to get from others what only God can give you. Because if you don't feel that blessing from God, you'll go, where can I get it? Come on, somebody give me another like on Instagram. Somebody tell me you like me. Somebody tell me I'm doing a good job. But man, you've got that from God. You get along with God each day. You have that time alone with Jesus where you're spending time with God. And he said, hey, you come in and you go, I praise you. You're awesome. You're holy. You're good. And he's going, you're my son. I delight in you. Let's go. I saw that. Yes, I saw that prayer. I hear your voice. And you go, all right. I can do another day. I'll serve again. I'll pray again. I'll, I'll give again. I'll, I'll, I'll take care of my kids again. I'll, whatever the thing he's called you to do. I'll go. I'll say yes to this obedience that seems challenging. Boy, you want the blessing of God on your life. Just walk in obedience with God. You'll be surprised. All of a sudden you wind up like Doris. And Doris, Doris had the blessing of God on her life. And she's living her life. I'm just trying to keep up with God's blessing. That's my dream for us. Because then other people become the beneficiaries of the blessing of God that's on your life. So I'm not using God as a means to try to become healthy, wealthy. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm a follower that is blessed by God. And because I'm blessed, well, then let's go, Genesis 12. I'm going to be a blessing. And there's a lot. New Testament, there's so much blessing based upon the people that are all about looking like Jesus and taking Jesus, the good news of the gospel, to the world. So Paul might not have had a big house, but he was blessed. Paul might not have had, but he, some of the nice things, but he was blessed. I think Jesus was blessed, but he went to a cross. So what I'm saying is this, God will bless you. And you say, God, here's what I have. 
and I'm going to use what you've given me to take it to others. So let's go real practical. How can, how can I be a blessing? Number one, number one, speak blessing. Speak it. Let's build a culture of a church where we're speaking blessing. I know that you think about the church you grew up in and it's like, that's not here. No, here it's, I'm going to speak life. That's a blessing. That's the father's blessing to the son. When we, as the community of faith, step into that and we walk in that, we speak it, it blessing can form people. You speak it. Whew. I remember when I was a senior in high school, my grandpa, he said, David, God didn't give you a big body, but he gave you a big voice. You could take that as a blessing or a curse. I took it as a blessing because I already knew that. So I was like, yeah, what does that mean? He's like, well, you loud, son. You loud. God can use loud people. All right. What could that look like? It formed me. I mean, I, mean, I give you 10 of them, you know, people that have said things. And so, you're, so when, you, when you could have, when you can listen and be so much with God that you don't have to walk into the room and say, see me, notice me. You can walk into the room and notice others and speak this. You can say it. You'd be surprised. The Lord will use you to help form new people. I mean, other people, a new identity where they'll be blessed because of your life. You haven't given a dollar. You've just given a word. You've just been really clear. I think you can speak blessing. I think you can give blessing. And that's, and that's really the idea that we find over and over again in the scriptures. Man, been given so much. And when we, when we're given more than we need, there's always a why, why for others? Why? What's the why? Why, why, why would God give me more than I need for my sake? No, for the sake of others. So God, how can I be a blessing? How can I give sacrificially? How can I give so that others are blessed? I wrote this down. The American dream Maybe to raise your standard of living, but the Jesus dream is to raise your standard of giving. It's, it's so I can, I want to help. I want to help other people's lives. I was thinking about um, being a blessing, giving a blessing, speaking a blessing. So we, we speak it, we give what we have, and then our lives, we, we, we act as blessing. The temptation for us is to be so solitary, so on our own, that we only use church as a medium for me to get what I want. But really, church could be the opportunity for you to say, how can I be a blessing? Where can I speak a blessing? Where can I give a blessing? Where can I be a blessing? C.S. Lewis, the famous British theologian, he used to talk about solitary conceit because he said he would go to church and he felt like the music was fifth-rate poems with sixth-rate music. And he said he just didn't like the music, but he started to write about how he had developed solitary conceit where it was all about him. So he might be a great theologian and might enjoy sitting by himself in a study, reading his Bible and commentaries and lectures and writing books and writing books like The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. But he needed to stand in the congregation and declare with the people how great is our God. And I want to invite you. It's 
It's not just about you. It's about you being the blessing of God to others. And you can't do that by yourself. You just can't. It's hard to make a difference alone. You got to be around others. And you are blessed to be a blessing for the sake of others. Here's what happens. You get into that mode. And over time, you start to enjoy being a blessing and giving the blessing even more than obtaining stuff. You just enjoy that moment. You enjoy speaking the word, helping form people. You enjoy, Jesus is the one that says it's better to give than to receive in Acts. That isn't just a jokey theory that other people say. It becomes your story. Yeah, you enjoy that. It's better, like there's actually blessing. It's more blessed. It's more blessed to give. That's the words of Jesus. Double click that for a while. And you get to where, oh, being a blessing, like actually having my life serve other people is actually more enjoyable than another round of Netflix. Oh, let's close with this. My, uh, when Renata and I first got married, um, I would go speak at these youth retreats. And um, they would, uh, youth retreats, youth camps, stuff like that. And, um, and, they, they would ask me if I wanted anything in my room. Like, you know, like you'd go to these cabins and be out in the middle of nowhere for a week with kids and preach at night. And so they'd give me like a basket that had like snacks in it. And at first I was like, yeah, here's what I like. And I, you know, I told them all my favorite stuff. And, uh, but I, I just married this girl named Renata and um, I started to notice this pattern, and that was whatever I brought home that was chocolate, she would consume. And, um, and, and I started to pick up on the fact that she, she like really, really liked chocolate. Not just like casually, but like, no, chocolate's her thing. And so then I started to not eat the chocolate, but then it started to go to the next level where I would say, hey, don't give me anything but just chocolate. And then and then didn't eat the chocolate because the greatest moment was to come home and see Renata just, oh, you're the best husband in the world. Like, and I just love how much she loved that moment. Here's the thing. Silly illustration, but it actually communicates my point. It, it became for me a greater delight to give. Here, here, baby girl. Look, look who loves you. Here's some chocolate. Here's reality for you, for me. We live in a culture that every single day is telling you to live for self and to live for you. And the idea of being a blessing, speaking blessing, giving blessing is crazy. But the story of our eternal destiny is that that blessing is available from God for us, for you for the sake of others. And our dream as a church is that we would not just build a church, but we would bless a city. It's not that we would just, that we would just build something unto ourselves, but that there would be a measurable difference in the next generation because this church exists. That there would be a measurable difference in Kansas City. Evangelism, the poor, the hurting, because this church exists. There'd be, measure, uh, there'd be people around the world that hear the gospel because we gave, we went, 
we prayed. And that's our dream, that we would be a blessing. Will you stand with me and let me pray over you? I'm just gonna pray this famous prayer over you. If you just stretch out your hands, let me just pray it over you. Father, I just thank you for each person in the room and online. And I just pray this blessing over them. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. This Christmas, the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Lord, we love you. And I pray your blessing in Jesus' name. And I pray that we as a church would live in the blessing of God. We'd be a blessed people. We'll take all the blessing we can get, God. I ask that we would be such great stewards of your words and we'd speak them well. We'd be great stewards of finance. God, bless every business represented. Bless each person as they labor and whatever industry or calling or place where they work. I pray your financial blessing. God, keep us strong. Our body's healthy. I pray for health and all those things so that we could be a blessing to others. Our big why is not ourselves. Our big why is God himself, your name, your fame, your glory, and that others might know God. Use us as conduits, channels of blessing. If you're in the room or online today, and today you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, it's the best decision that you can make. The good news of the gospel is that he wants relationship with you. Today, if that's you, I just want you to just acknowledge, I'm far from God and I need him. And then believe, believe, put your faith in Christ Jesus as your savior. And if that's you, just confess, I'm a sinner, I need Jesus. Jesus, save me. I want to invite you to this prayer. Jesus, I give everything to you today. Save me. Thank you for dying for me on the cross. I give you my life and I run to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, can we give a big hand to everybody that made that choice today? Yeah.